first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, we are officially in off-season mode. The 2020 season came to an end a few days ago in the wild card round. Bummer of a game. We've already touched on it a lot. If you guys haven't, be sure to check out our recap and uh, all that stuff that we did. But like I said, man, 2020 was a really good year for us, a really good season for the Colts as well. And in order to kind of start the 2021 offseason right, I thought that we could do kind of what we've done throughout the 2020 season, right? We looked at a quarter analysis of the team, a halfway point, looked at the team, three quarters, and now we are going to end the 2020 season, a look back on it, by talking about each and every position group on the Indianapolis Colts from that 2020 season. And we're going to start today with the quarterback position. We're going to work our way down through the offense, so the next episode will be running back, then we'll do wide receiver, then we'll do tight end, offensive line, switch over to the defense, and finish with the special teams. So in order to help us do this, you might have seen him a lot on the pregame streams. He did pretty much our entire pregame streams throughout the 2020 season. Mr. Michael Burgess himself, or Michael B., whatever you want to call him there. Michael, thanks for joining, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're right. It is, it is a bit of a bummer having to do this video so soon, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well after digesting it for a couple of days. And, you know, as, as much as I can't stand the loss, I mean, it it couldn't have happened to a better team, oh, to a better team. The Bills are a great team, and uh, we really put up a great fight. So I'm feeling okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we really did talk. We talked about it a little bit on our last one. Like, you know, even though that loss is a bummer, like the team's future is still very, very much bright. So uh, interesting enough, it's going to – a lot of times it's going to hinge – at any level, right? It's going to hinge around the quarterback position, specifically the Colts. Last offseason, it was under a microscope a lot. This position was. This offseason, it will certainly be the same way. And for obvious reasons, this position is the most important position in football, maybe in sports, that quarterback position. And so we're going to break down the quarterback play from 2020, kind of going to discuss each different player. You know, some players didn't play that we'll talk about, specifically just one that we'll mention and talk about a little bit and maybe look a little bit at his future potentially. And then we'll give it a grade as well. And then we'll end this one and we'll continue through this series and kind of look at each position group. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys will join us. And if this is your first video, checking it out, this is the first video of the series. So you guys are in the right place. So Michael, let's just dive right into it, man. Let's talk about this quarterback position, right? The Colts in the off season, they signed Phillip Rivers to a one-year $25 million contract, pretty hefty contract there. They already had extended Jacoby Brissett as well, so they had a lot of money wrapped up in this quarterback position in the 2020 offseason. And at the end of the day, in terms of 16 regular season games, the Colts finished with 4,053 passing yards. That was good for 11th in the league. They also finished with 24 touchdown passes. That was 22nd in the league and 11 interceptions, which was ninth in the league. So let's start first with the passing yardage. I mean, this is a 
completely changed from the 2019 season. The 2019 season, the Colts were near the bottom in terms of passing yardage. So just talk to me real fast about this change from this Colts team from a passing standpoint from 2019 to 2020 and what you saw. Um, I mean, I saw exactly what Frank Reich and Chris Bauer were talking about. They saw they both mentioned in the offseason, we need to get the ball down the field more. We need to pass the ball more. We need to be more accurate with the football. And every time Frank Reich would mention anything about Phillip Rivers, the first thing he would always talk about was his accuracy and was always talking about how well he can throw the football and whenever he needs to make the right decision, which albeit Phillip does be Phillip sometimes, he'll make it. And so it, it just goes to show you how well they did their scouting, how well they did their research to make sure that Philip was going to be a good fit and a good chemistry wise with this team. Um, I mean, like you said, that's, that's pretty good. I, 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 obviously, you know, it's not really in the top 10. It's right there. You said it was 11th, correct? Yes, they are. They finished 11th. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really good. And that get, it got us to the playoffs. And if you were to ask me before the season, when we first did sign Philip rivers, what I kind of thought we could maybe be at the best, like if Philip rivers was playing his best football, I thought we would be a 10-win team, and we were an 11-win team, and we got to the playoffs. And so he exceeded my expectations. I think he exceeded a lot of other people's expectations, but he also kind of understood that he has his limitations. And it showed, and we all saw it, and we were all able to see that. But, you know, I I think it was everything we could have asked for and more. Yeah, you mentioned that completion percentage. I didn't add that. Philip Rivers had a 68 completion percentage, so that is obviously phenomenal. One of the best marks in Colts franchise history, I'm betting, probably right up there with anybody. But yeah, one thing that is a little bit of a concern, and maybe this is kind of due to the Colts' red zone problems, is the passing touchdowns. The Colts didn't have a a whole lot of passing touchdowns compared to the rest of the league. They finished 22nd in the league, I believe with 24 touchdowns through the air this year. So obviously that was not, you know, the thing that you maybe expected or hoped for in terms of that. What were your thoughts overall on the lack of passing touchdowns this year from Phillip Rivers in this passing offense? Well, part of me like starts to think on the positive side because I'm in such a good mood, but it, part of me like thinks that we were run heavy in the red zone more than more often than not, especially with Jonathan Taylor started becoming as good as he was at the back end of the season. Um, but at the same time, like, from my recollection, I mean, I watched all of these games. Like I have to go back and look at every single one of the stats and every single one of the plays and how we decided to go for it or what we decided to do in the red zone. Um, It it did seem like it would just was execution. And I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to harp on this just like Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are going to harp on it all off season as well. We were like, we were so close in so many different games and so many different things and so many different aspects of the game, including and especially the red zone to where we just didn't execute. And it just, it just all boils down right to that. And it all boils down to the minute details, which, you know, football's a game of inches. And for us, those inches were just the small details that where we shot ourselves in the foot. And that unfortunately happened more in the red zone. So that's just kind of where it stands right now. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. Like looking at, I have the Colts red zone percentage pulled up here. They were only 58% of the time, 58.3 of the time that they score in the red zone, uh, a touchdown. So that obviously wasn't great. Uh, That was 17th in the league. So a little worse than average. So that certainly needs to get, you know, get better. I mean, but you think about it. I mean, the start of the season, I think, is where it really was bad, like really, really bad. And they started to get a little bit better as the season progressed. But yeah, certainly still not where you want it to be in terms of that. I mean, 
your defense allowed more touchdowns in the red zone than your offense scored in terms of percentage wise. So that is something that definitely needs to change here moving into the 2021 season for sure. But one thing, you know, talking about the touchdowns, you got to talk about the interceptions. I mean, going from a 20 plus interception season to only an 11 interception season, which is good for ninth in the league. Right. I mean, that is completely night and day different. And that's what we thought we'd see, right? With, with Phillip Rivers in this offense, with this offensive line, with the running game, all this stuff, a lot less interceptions. And you can even throw some of those out, like that one against the Ravens, which was totally bogus. Maybe they wouldn't even rule that interception. And maybe one or two more that were like on the receiver's fault. I mean, Philip Rivers had a really, really pretty good year, honestly, from his standards of protecting the football. What did you see from that? No, I, I agree. I fully agree. I mean, you're right. We're in the top 10 percentage of it. I mean, we're. it was a drastic change from where we were from the last season, which is pretty much how I feel about our entire passing offense. So that's great. Um, and you're right. I can think of another, like um, the other interception was Mo Alley Cox. Just it hit off his chest and Harrison mm. Smith was right there in the Vikings game, which Mo yes. 100% made up for. So I'm not ever going to blame him for that, but you're right. Like Phillip was renowned. Like I, I can't remember how many videos I would watch, like looking back at like, Oh, was Philip Rivers the right move or what should the Indianapolis Colts do? Every single time someone would mention Philip Rivers, they mentioned turnovers. Philip Rivers, if we're including those two interceptions right now, that's taken away two. That's only nine picks like yep. that were his fault. And so there, there might be another one and you can probably argue for a couple more, but like, he did really well and he didn't turn the ball over nearly as much as I thought he would. Yeah. I thought he did a pretty solid job all year. He had a couple, obviously boneheaded interceptions more like in the beginning of the year towards the end of the year, he was really, really efficient in terms of not throwing the ball to the other team. He only had one or two at the end of the year there that really like were back killers, backbreaker type of ones. So, yeah, I mean, really, I liked what Philip Rivers did, like you said. I mean, he wasn't like, obviously, top 10 quarterback, but he still provided what you needed in terms of passing yardage. Touchdowns, you like to see a little bit more, but uh, took care of the football, too. So, you know, I, I thought that he had a pretty solid season, a little bit better, honestly, than I expected from Philip Rivers in the 2020 season. All right, let's move on to the other quarterback. He's a free agent as well, because Philip Rivers obviously signed that one-year deal. He's going to be a free agent. Jacoby Brissett as well is going to be a free agent. Now, this one's interesting because, Michael, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, do you bring back Jacoby Brissett? I would 100% said, no way. You're not bringing him back. But the Colts used him in a very unique way this year in those third down conversions, obviously with Phillip Rivers being as old as he is, as immobile as he is, and also dealing with that toe injury that contributed to that. But the fact that the Colts used Jacoby Brissett and he actually was a very big asset to this team in short yardage, it's going to be interesting to see what the Colts' decision is there for number seven. What was your overall impressions of Jacoby Brissett as a player this year? Obviously, he wasn't a passer very many times this year, but more of a short yardage guy. And, and just give me your overall impressions of him in the 2020 season. Well, if you've, if you've ever heard me talk about Jacoby Brissett on any of the videos that I've been on any of the pregames, and you know how much I love the man. Um, I think he is a wonderful, wonderful piece in our locker room. And I like I he has done everything that he's been asked to do, especially this year with his unique role that you mentioned before and everything that he did like on the short yardage plays like he probably had I mean I think Troy Aikman said the greatest QB sneak he's ever seen like he it was oh it was like a six or seven yard play and he just went nuts about it and I thought it was incredible how they actually were able to utilize him because of you know unfortunately Phillips limitations that we just talked about and 
I love Jacoby. I love everything he brings to the locker room. I love his celebrations. I love the fact that his smile will literally – like, he makes Frank smile whenever Frank's just, like, thinking and doing whatever he's doing. Like, when he comes off the field, he gets all hype. He does whatever he can. And so, I, if you're, if you're personally asking me if I want to spend more money on him, I do. I don't think it should be what he got – the previous years because of, you know, the, his, her certain, his certain situation when luck retired was so different than a lot of different situations that a lot of different QBs have had. So we really, I honestly do think part of, part of the reason why we did pay him that much and give him the two year deal was because um, to boost his confidence, which it worked. We were five and two until his injury and you know, we know what happened, but um, so if you're really asking me in my gut, do I want him back? I really do. At the same time, Chris and Frank are talking about this right now. They're talking about, do we want to make a competition with Jacob and Jacoby? Do we want to bring Philip back? What does Philip want? We don't know what Philip wants. There are so many variables and so many different questions as to trying to figure out if we should or if we could bring him back. Because we don't even know if he wants to go be a starter somewhere. Because what if he doesn't want to keep the same role right now? What if he wants to go lead his own team? Because we know he can like, I know he can, and I know he might not be as good as Phillip. I know he might not be as good as, you know, anyone else that we have in the league, but he could, he's still growing. He's still young. He's still a quarterback in the NFL. Like, he could do whatever he can. He could be a Ryan Tannehill. He could be next year Ryan, next year's Ryan Tannehill. And I want him selfishly, but it, there are just so many variables that kind of just bring come up in my head that are saying, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see. But I, I do want him back. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, especially in that short yardage situation, just as a person in the locker room, like that's just big enough, like where you could bring him back on a really, you know, cheap deal if he wanted to, you know, team friendly type of deal. I could totally see that happening. I mean, I would not be opposed to that at all, knowing that he's not going to be your starter, you know, like knowing that it's either Phil, you go sign a free agent guy, you trade for somebody, you draft somebody, but like Jacoby Brissett's had a chance also, you know, to, to do that. And he, he did decent. Like he had some moments where he was decent, but you know, just knowing he's going to be 28 years old, you might want to look towards the future a little bit, whether that is Jacob Eason, whether that is another quarterback, you got to like look to that future, especially if Philip Rivers decides, Hey, I'm done. I want to go coach now. I'm, I'm good. So I think that's something that we're definitely going to have to look at. And then we mentioned Jacob Eason a little bit, didn't see a snap, but you know, it was more of a redshirt year for Jacob Eason. I mean, that's what we expected. It's what happened. Didn't see a snap the entire 2020 regular season. And that's perfectly okay. He was a fourth round pick. It's not like you're investing a first or second round pick into him, even though he has the talent potentially. And we thought he did to be maybe a first or second round pick. He had a really, I, I think it was a really good season for him. You heard a lot of good things from his coaches about just what the type of player he was, the type of preparer he was, the type of competitor he was. So it's a little bit exciting, but also knowing that he's a fourth round pick. So, you know, that's going to be up in the air this year to kind of see what happens next year, this 2021 offseason. What happens? How does Jacob Eason progress? What do the Colts do at quarterback? There's going to be a lot of question marks. But as it stands right now for the 2020 season, that is kind of your look at the quarterback position. And, you know, these aren't going to be terribly long videos like we, we've done before. Probably not going to be like 45 minutes to an hour, probably a little bit shorter in these videos. But before we wrap this one up, Michael, mm-hmm. I want to get your overall grade from a play standpoint of the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts in the 2020 season. Okay. So I'm going to give you two different standpoints from my head right now. 
I'm going to give you the Colts fan standpoint and where I thought we would get from Philip or what I thought we would get from Philip. And I'm going to give you the unbiased standpoint that comes up in my head. From a Colts fan perspective, I thought it was an A. I thought he did more than I thought we could ever imagine. Like I said before, I thought we'd be a 10-win team. We won 11. Um, a lot of those interceptions were not his fault. And you're right. He did make a lot of bad throws. He did have a lot of iffy situations, specifically with his touchdown situation. But, like, from what I expected, I expected. There were some times where I expected us to go maybe six and ten, you know, because like I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, hey, what kind of Philip Rivers are we going to get? So I, as a Colts fan, biased, I give it an A. From a unbiased media perspective, I give it a B plus, like a maybe a B minus, maybe a B minus actually, because you know it could have been a lot better. The touchdowns sure. could have been a lot better. The red zones could have been a lot better, and. We ultimately just – he was just so limited because of his age and because of his physical ability, just not able to run. And we'll get into it, but we do eventually need that dynamic guy who can do what Phillip does as well as more. So I, I would have to say B-minus from a media perspective. Okay, okay, sure. I'm thinking – I'm kind of right in the middle there. Like I'm probably like – if you had to give me like a percentage, probably 85%. So like not a low B, but like also not a B plus. So it's like right there. I thought he did what he was supposed to do. Our offense was a lot better, but there were some struggles. There were some limitations. There were some moments where it's just like, what are we doing? And you're right. You were limited a little bit from a physical standpoint for Phillip Rivers' immobility in certain moments where you're like, man, if we had a quarterback, like even I even thought in that playoff game, like if you had a quarterback that could scramble even like 50% of Josh Allen, you could make a lot more plays as a quarterback. But that's just kind of how it is. Phillip Rivers is nearing 40. So, I mean, that's what you're going to get when you pay a quarterback that old. Like, that's just what's going to happen. But yeah, I think a solid B for me, 85% is probably where I'm at. But yeah, that'll wrap up this first series here, guys, looking at the Indianapolis Colts quarterback position. The next episode will be the running back position, so be sure to not miss that. If you're still listening, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. We're at over 5,000 subscribers. Would love to get a lot more this offseason. Man, mm -hmm. last offseason, Michael, was where we blew up. So mm -hmm. what would love for that to happen again, man. When free agency comes, when all this stuff comes, would love for that to happen. But all righty, guys, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much. And as always, go Colts. Go Colts. Go Blue.